belong, become, believe. You're listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. The message for July 17th, 2022 is called, Who You Gonna Love? The teacher is John Wright and the location is Vesper Point, Mount Sequoia in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Uh, many of y'all don't know, but my wife, Jane, and I's cultural marriage. Um, she's from Pennsylvania, and I'm from Texas. Um, so that's a, that's a very large cultural divide um, with that. And uh, it was about a year into our marriage before I realized that we were using the same um, vocabulary, but two very different dictionaries as to what words meant. We were, we were using these words, and I was thinking I was saying one thing, and, and, and I was interpreting her as saying one thing when she was trying to say something different. And once I realized that, once I, once I came to that conclusion, oh, when she says that, she means this, things started to change, which was really good. And here's the other thing about this is, as I learned her language, I started to learn more about myself as I really listened to her and was really became conscious of what she was saying with those words. It, it enriched me. It changed me with that. Y'all, our relationship with God, our relationship with Jesus is kind of the same thing. We, we read these words in English in our Bible or we in our Bible or we hear the thought in the church, but we have, a, we have a dictionary in our mind that is defining these words that is not necessarily what Jesus is saying. It's not necessarily what God is saying. There is a language, I, I, I liken this a lot of times, that being a follower of Jesus or learning the ways of Christ is like learning a different language. It's learning a new way of thinking about things, of interpreting things, of understanding things, with that. And maybe there's been no word that is more commonly misunderstood or mistranslated than the word love. Love is a is an ubiquitous word in our society. It's everywhere with this. And listen, if you've been in church any amount of time, you have heard this broken down six different ways to Sunday. You you've heard it in the Greek, you've heard it in the Latin, you've heard it in the Hebrew, you've heard the cultural way, you've heard you can't love God the same way you love pizza, right? Like, you've heard the sermons. So we're going to look at this maybe a little bit different way this week. And our text this week is Mark 12, 28. Starts with Mark 12, 28. And it's at the end of this long discourse, ongoing argument that Jesus has been having with people coming trying to catch him up. In a way, trying to say, do you, do you know what you're saying? Do you know what you're saying? Do you know what that means? Like they're trying to catch him up on the language a little bit, call him up short. And we get this thing on love, we get this thing on the commandment right after he has been queried on how do we relate to government, the whole thing of who who should we pay taxes to? And the whole thing about, well, what happens after we die? Like he, they bring up this weird scenario of a man whose wife dies and he marries, its, or um, 
the man dies and his wife then marries his brother and then that brother dies and it goes on and on. And they want to know who this guy or who she's going to be married to in heaven. Who, what's this going to be like? It was this whole thing of trying to, in a way, work God into a corner with this. And of course, Jesus will have none of that. And then we get this thing. Well, let's, let's read the text. Mark 12, starting at 28. Now, one of the experts in law, this is one of the members of the group that was asking all these questions, trying to trap Jesus, came and heard them debating. When he saw that Jesus answered them well, he asked them, which, he asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? And Jesus answered, the most important, and this is, this is called the Shema in, in um, Judaism. You'll hear this prayed today even. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. The expert on the law said to him, that is true, teacher. You are right to say that he is one. There is no one else beside him. And to love, to love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered thoughtfully, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And no one dared any longer to question him. Now, let me ask you this real quick. Those of you who have been tracking along with this and Mark, what, what story does this sound like? What encounter does this remind us of? We just studied it a few weeks ago. Who else did came to Jesus and he said, you are not far from the kingdom of God? Rich man, yeah. Remember, the rich man comes, he says, what, what else must I do? Here we have an expert in the law, a Pharisee, coming and say, what is the most, what is the greatest commandment with this? So we get this line of questioning from these two people. One is kind of asking about the praxis of it, how we do it. And the other is asking about the orthodoxy of it. How do we think about it in a way with this? And both times Jesus responds with this compassion, with this love. You are not far from the kingdom. You're close to this by your understanding here with this. In doing so, what he is showing us is that the baseline, the command, the command to love is the baseline commitment to following Jesus. I cannot overemphasize how important it is to, for us to think about this in this way. I, I don't know if I was explicitly taught this or if it's just something that I picked up from the culture. But when I read this, when I heard this, something in my mind said, okay, loving God is like the pinnacle achievement that I'm working towards. That if I can follow all the rules, if I can do all the things, then someday I will be able to love God with all my heart and all my soul and all my spirit. That, that this love of God was the goal or the telos or the end that somehow I might attain with that. And as I've studied this and I've watched it out, it's actually the reverse. Y'all, this is the starting point. The love of God and the love of neighbor is the very starting point, starting point of our business. It's not the end. It, in a way, it is the end. I understand that. I mean, it is what we're heading for, but it's also where we start from. 
that unless we're doing the things that we're doing out of love, unless we're doing it out of this love for God and love for others and love for self, a healthy self-love, nothing else matters. Nothing else will work if we don't start here. So if that's true, we need to ask ourselves some questions. And here's the questions that, that came from our study as a group, the teaching team. First of all, what do we mean by love? Are we using the same dictionary as God when we talk about love? The second thing we need to, re to really understand, the question is not if, but what and who and how we are loving. We are all loving something. We're going to look at this. And then the third thing is, once we understand this, well, how do we do it? Because when we really think about it, when we really think about this, it can be, it can feel like we're being asked to close the windows on an outdoor space. Like it just doesn't make any, it doesn't work. I don't know how to do it. I don't even know how to conceptualize it, much less do it. So we're going to ask those three questions this morning. Well, let's start with, um, let's start with how do we define love and, and understanding that this is a sticky situation for someone because we can't understand, it's, it's very hard to differentiate the love that we have received from other people or the way that they have tried to love us well or abusively, neglectful or twisted, it's hard for us to understand that from the concept, okay? We, we get that. I understand that. All of the love, all of the expressions of love that we have received, none of us has received that perfectly from other people with that. So we hold that as we listen to these things. The first thing we need to understand about love is that love could be defined as properly ordered affection. Augustine was the one who said sin is disordered affection. Love, then, we would understand the converse of this, that love is properly ordered affection. We love what is the good thing to love. We love what is the beautiful thing to love. We love what is the true thing to love. And we hate the counterfeits. We hate the things that aren't that. We could also say, Rick, Rick, uh, Rich Velota said, he said, anything not done out of love is sin. This is echoing the mystics um, of old who would often talk about this. So we have to understand that we are loving something. We're going to talk about that in a minute. We need to order those things. So love is proper, or our prop, or love is our affections properly ordered with that. We also need to quickly understand that this is not a quid pro quo arrangement. Maybe the most freeing thing that we can understand is that God will love us, period. God's love for you is not dependent on your love for God. It is not a quid pro quo arrangement. You're not earning something by loving God. You're not manipulating God into listening to you or caring for you by these signs of affection. But it is all responsive in this. We also need to understand that love, while connected to our emotions, we're going to talk about this, is not the same as our emotions, and that oftentimes love is costly. It's not comfortable. Oftentimes, our love, when we express our love, we get a negative ROI. There is a negative return on our investment with this. 
We are going to love things that are not going to love us back. And in that way, we also learn what God's love for us is like with that. But love is, also, is often going to lead us into very uncomfortable places. Places that cost us something. Relationships that cost us something. Doing things that cost us something like that. So love is not like this pathway to bliss as is often demonstrated in our romances with that. We also, and maybe this is another really big thing for us, is to understand that love cannot exist in isolation. One of the reasons why we do church, why we practice church, why we do this thing of coming together and sitting together and talking about these things and doing this is to understand that, that none of us can love properly alone. That's why the second commandment, love others, is included in this, because there is no such thing as just an isolated, solitary love of God. It cannot, by definition, happen. Love only happens in community. It only happens in community. And that's why community is essential to us being love, expressing love, receiving love, giving love, um, understanding love, takes place in community. It cannot do so outside. So that's, that's a little bit when we talk about this, you know, what dictionary is God using when God is telling us to love? We need to understand these things. And I won't go into all the way the world prescribes it. I won't go into all the way culture prescribes it. Let's focus on the way God prescribes it. Most vividly shown to us in the person of Jesus Christ. That Jesus is this example, which we'll talk about as well. So if we understand that, if we understand that this is what love is, then the question is not if we're going to love. The question is who are we going to love? How are we going to love? We are all loving something right now. We are all giving our attention to something right now. We are all giving our affection to something right now. We are all giving our allegiance to something right now. This is not something that, that we don't live in a vacuum and then all of a sudden decide to love and then step out of that space and go, okay, now I'll choose. No, you've already chosen and you are choosing and you will choose. All of us have already chosen things to love. We are choosing right now what things to love, and we will choose what things to love. That's why this commandment, because when we use the command, it, it almost seems abusive, right? Like it would be, if I got up in the morning and instead of telling Jane, hey, I love you, if I got up in the morning and said, Jane, love me. <laughs> with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your smooches, with all your hugs. Love me. Um, something, somebody would need to intervene in her relationship. Well, first of all, they wouldn't because Jane would just leave. Because, <laughs> but, but right, it, it sounds, in a way, it sounds weird for someone commanding us to love them. And in a human relationship, yes, that would be abusive. Although we did talk in our relationship, or, or in our teaching team this, this, um, this week, about how there is a place, even in a marriage, to maybe go to your partner and say, I'm not sure you're loving me well. Or that doesn't feel like you're loving me well. 
There is a way to do that that is honest and is not abusive. But we need to we need to remove from our mind that somehow God is this insecure deity that feeds off affection and demands it from us as some kind of sacrifice. That's not what's happening here. Instead, what is happening is that it's God realizes that we are all loving something and that we are going to become what we love. Whatever we fixate on, we become like. And so he's, God is saying, fixate on me in a way. Look at me. Turn your attention to me. Give me your affection, your allegiance. Give me, affiliate with me, and you will become more loving. You will become more like me. It's an invitation as much as it is anything else with that. So we need to learn these things. And one of the ways I love them, there's a book that I'm, I'm rereading this, this summer called How to Think by Alan Jacobs. And he talks about how the best thinkers take into, um, they understand their emotions, that they don't try to divorce their decisions from their emotions. They actually consider their emotions and, and ask, what are my emotions telling me about this? Now, again, emotion is not the same as love, but love is emotional. I get it when we say, hey, yes, love is a choice and we don't need to follow our emotion. But, but listen, without the emotional effect of love, it doesn't work. So if we want to know, what are we loving right now? What have I chosen to love? What am I loving right now? What will I choose? Pay attention to your emotion. Y'all, let's pay attention to our emotion. Where have we invested? What gets us excited? What brings us joy? What brings us peace? What makes us come alive? And is that properly ordered? Have we invested our love in the right thing? Or is it something that is ultimately going to let us down, hurt other people? Something that is not a reflection of what is good and true and beautiful. Pay attention to your emotions as you discern that. Well, the last thing then we have to ask is what, what enables this? What enables this love? And, and it's very important that we understand the context of when Jesus says this and when these commands were given in the Old Testament. We could think about the Old Testament, we could think about the biblical narrative as one long demonstration of God's love to God's people and indeed all creation. That God was continually giving God's self to the people of Israel, to creation, to these things. And then as a result of that said, I want you to love me, the command, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul. As a way of response, not originating within the people. Our love is always responsive. That's why there's so many commands in the Old Testament telling the people of Israel, remember, remember what I did. Remember how I brought you out of Egypt. Remember how I provided for you. Remember who you were as a slave and now you're not a slave. Remember who you were when you weren't a people and now you are a people. Remember, remember, remember what I've done for you so that that opens the door for then us to say, yes, God, thank you. Gratitude being one of those doorways to love. Yes, God, thank you. You have done these things. 
We begin to turn our affection towards God. We begin to, this, this, this command now becomes an intuitive response to respond to what God has done for us. Um, I was talking with my friend Annabelle the other day, and she's visiting us this summer from Mexico, and speaking in English all the time, she, she said, yeah, it was really weird. I started to dream in English. <laughs> and I've never been that great in Spanish. I mean, I have a passing when I'm down there for a while. But I do remember the one time that I had a dream in Spanish. And I, y'all, I felt like a different person. Like dreaming in a different language was a different, different reality for me. It gave me a different language with that. And that's, that's where we need to go, is we need to start dreaming in love. We need to start learning this language so much, so become so fluent in it, that we start to dream in it. That we start to dream in the language of love. Because what that's going to do is it's going to open up to, to show us how to practice it, because we live in a world that is always changing. We live in a world that is growing, that is dynamic. Our societies and, and our responsibilities and our obligations and our expectations are always changing. There is no one fixed definition of what it looks like to love. We don't have a fixed definition of what it looks like to love. We have a command to do it, though. So in order to fulfill that command, we have to learn the language. We have to be able to adapt it to where we are and who we are and when we are now. We are enabled by the Spirit to do this. We are enabled by the person of Jesus, by the example of Jesus to do it. And we are enabled by each other. Going back to we cannot live, we cannot love in isolation. We can only love in community. We enable each other to fulfill this commandment. And we are thus enabled by each other to do that. Language, love is a language that is learned only through practice, through imitation of those who speak it fluently, learning to think and to dream in that language. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up as we transition to this time of communion and reflection and offering. At Grace Church, the practice of our practice of hospitality is rooted in our response to this command to love our neighbor as ourselves. Y'all, we all need to belong. It is something we wish for, long for, look for. And when we find it in a healthy community like this, we are able to flourish. This is what we want for all people everywhere. This practice also aids in our own becoming. As we practice being more loving towards others, towards ourselves, and towards God's, towards God, we become more loving. We will only ever truly know ourselves as we respond to this invitation. It's all connected, y'all. Loving ourselves well is connected with loving others well. Loving others well only comes from understanding that we are loved by God. 
and that the only rational, rational, reasonable response is to return that love to God, to show that love to God, to commit ourselves to that love of God. That's demonstrated in this table. This is why we come together around this table. Our communion table is open to everyone. All are welcome. All are welcome at our table. Jesus gave us on that, the, some of the last few hours Jesus had with his disciples. He took them around a table like this. And he said, he took this cup and he said, I want you to do these things to remember what love, my love for you looks like. So when you take this little taste, this little drink, remember that it is indicative and representative of something that is endless, something that is forever, something that is limitless. And that is God's love for us, God's sacrificial love for us. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. You can find more about us online at gracechurchnwa.org. Grace and peace.